Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate, weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 184 of Dial the Gate, the Stargate Oral History Project. My name is David Reed. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got Michael Welsh joining us in this episode, young Jack O'Neill from Stargate SG-1 Season 7, Fragile Balance. Uh, he and I haven't spoken in nearly 20 years, so it's going to be, uh, uh, I've been really looking forward to catching up. Before we get into this, if you enjoy Stargate, and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, uh, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button. It uh, helps the channel continue to grow uh, the audience. And please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. And giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next uh, few weeks on the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. Now, as this is a live show some of them we do pre-recorded some of them we do live uh we have the guests joining us uh live and i've got a team of moderators in the youtube chat who will be fielding your questions for the first half of the show and then uh when we get more toward the back half we'll go ahead and turn the show over to you and i'll uh, go through those questions and start inviting them inviting um uh Inviting you to answer them. So, inviting Michael to answer them. All right. Without further ado, I am privileged to uh, welcome someone I've uh, been watching. Many of us have been watching since he was, oh, this big. Michael Welsh. Uh, we know him as young Jack O'Neill. You may know him as uh, Artem. You may know him as Mike in Twilight. Um, sir, it is so good to be back with you again. How are you? David, it's an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you again. Uh, I cannot believe it's been, it has been about... Almost 20 years. Isn't that crazy? And you know what's funny? It got me thinking because I've, you know, I've been acting for a minute. I, I, I have one or two guest spots under my belt at this point. And um, I got to be honest, no one is like knocking down my door to talk about, uh, you know, the episode of CSI Miami I did 15 years ago or um, The Pretender or Shasta McNasty. It's just, and yet Stargate, somehow yeah. this thing just keeps going it keeps living on it keeps finding different uh iterations um so uh, you know i i the one thing that has not changed from my vantage point is i have always been honored to be a part of this universe even in in the small way that i was able to to contribute you're a sci-fi fan aren't you i am yeah i i i like i would say i like doing it um you know more than i am like an ardent watcher but i do i do love sci-fi yeah what so like like you indicated you know even even twenty years from now you know I are from from then you know we're still uh, people are still uh, asking to talk why do you think that is what do you, what's happening you know what is it that's 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 captured the cultural zeitgeist about this this type of content it's not just Stargate it's Star Wars you know it's a I mean we just, Star Trek Picard yeah. just wrapped you know I know I know well I, what you're asking is a larger philosophical question i don't know how deep down the rabbit hole you want to get I, I assume your fan base is probably into it um but i think 
part of what's cool about being just a a human being, being um, uh, an artist, a storyteller, is that we are the only living things on this planet, as far as I know, um, that are able to imagine a world that is different from ours and then take the steps to create that world and express it um, and ultimately tie it back into universal truths that apply to our own lives. So I think um, there is just something um, that is uniquely human about the the sci-fi experience, tapping into our imaginations. And um, ultimately, uh, I think, you know, hopefully uh, making us, you know, more empathetic and, and mm-hmm. better people. I mean, I know these are very lofty ideas, but this is mm-hmm. how, this is how, you know, this is how people who create this kind of stuff think about this. And as an audience, it's not your obligation to necessarily go that deep. You know, I mean, you, you just might like spaceships and that's good enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there are those totally fans. A hundred percent. I mean, I was that with Game of Thrones. Like I didn't, you know what oh I mean? Like I just, God. I'm yeah. just like, you know what? I'm, I'm good with the dragons. I don't need to know every detail about every house in this thing. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so there, there's different elements to it, but I, yeah. I think that yeah. I think deep down that's kind of, what's going on there. It, 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 it has the unique ability to, to tap into something that I, I don't think other sort of mediums or art forms have the ability to access in the same way. I think that that's, that's a very considerate answer. Um, if, if I may um, even sim- simplify further down, I, I would say... Please do. <laughs> no, just the phrase, Star, uh, Stargate is chicken soup. You know, I mean, right. it's it's something that you can put on with your kids and they can watch on an entertainment level. And as they get older, they can read things into it that they want to read. And we as adults, yes. I mean, going back and watching some of this content as a decade over decade is like I glean something different from it. But it's all things that I can apply in my own life. Now, you you talk. Yes. With Brad and Robert and all these guys. That's not necessarily what they set out to do. They set out to create great entertainment. But yes. the 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 choices that these writers made in the medium that they made it with uh, allow it to be reinterpreted across time uh, in in many different ways. That's right. Yeah, hundred percent. And you you initially were asking about sci-fi more generally. If you want to talk about Stargate specifically, I, I do think there are elements of it um, that almost feel a little punk rock to me. Like it's it's very difficult to pull off the, the tap dance that they do. And I'm I'm yeah. kind of just talking about SG One. I'm not. I I'm I'll fully admit I'm not that familiar with the expanded universe beyond that show. But it it it, it had this way of kind of being just meta enough like just just sort of self-aware and winking at the audience enough to that so that we could go into it going well i kind of know not to take this too seriously but yet at the same time the stakes were were high enough um that you you were still fully invested i i i hope that makes sense yeah um it's not frivolous but when there are episodes that that teeter on frivolous we're invited to to take That's that right. journey so yes and the reason i say it's punk rock is because it 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 has that a bit like it it doesn't have the same just objectively cultural impact as a, a star wars or star trek or you know twilight for that you know what i mean yeah. but 
but in a way that's almost cooler because you have to like you have to it's like you have to be part of the club to get it mm-hmm. you know does that make sense like yeah if you even like if you tried to explain you know richard dean anderson's um portrayal of o'neill to someone who had no familiarity with the show and you had to explain what his character in in a sentence to i don't know that you could really do it accurately it's just you have to you just have to see it to mm-hmm. get it and then once you're sort of in the in crowd um then it gives you uh it gives you a better understanding of of kind of the the life that's right that's behind right. this thing so and and i think that's part of it so it's even though it's lasted all this time and you're talking to me 20 years after my one episode on this show um it's still like I don't know. It's like still underground or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? In like many respects, to... it's yeah. not like um, blowing the world over. But I, I, I get. Um... I think that's kind of cooler to be honest. Well, in, yeah, in exactly. Ways. It's but it's it's global. It's a global yes. phenomenon in a way that uh, some of the other you know psi properties not necessarily uh, are. It's huge in Australia and New Zealand. It's huge in the UK. And this we're talking about a U.S. paramilitary television series. There's something right. about it there, and I think I think a lot of it goes back to Rick. It's his whimsy. It's his carefree yes. style of oh my god, here we go again. <laughs> you know, we're invited to acknowledge that you know it's. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be Battlestar Galactica. It doesn't have to knock right. you over and then stomp on your privates for you to mm-hmm. get the the broader sci fi message and have fun. Yeah, that that's that's right. And I I think you know the, the there's just such obvious joy from the people making it um, that that just like you just feel it through the screen, man. Mm. You really do. Um, so. Yeah, I I I love it. And and man, I you know, looking back now to be able to try to in some way, you know, uh, replicate or recreate what mm. uh what what Richard was able to <laughs> to bring to life is just um it's something that I I'm I'm glad I didn't have a better sense of how daunting right. that potentially was going into it. You wouldn't have been um, able to do your job. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I just I just worked on, you know, the um, <laughs> the first episode of, of Quantum Leap last year, the reboot, and yeah. and talking to Ray. I, I don't think I'm speaking out of out of school here, but you know, Ray very explicitly was like, "Look, if, if I for a second thought that I was replacing Scott, Bell, like I would I would kill myself. I can't. Like that's not a possible thing to do. So mm-hmm. you know, n- not having a real sense of this truly iconic actor you know bringing this truly iconic character uh to the place that he did i i i'm glad i was in the dark coming into the process and was really just kind of able to focus on uh on the acting and the performance and creating something with you know the director peter delawise and the rest of the cast um and and really honestly still didn't have a sense of of kind of what that meant to the fan base until after it aired and i got to you know, experience the reaction firsthand. So I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm grateful for that because it, it kept the work more pure in a sense. Absolutely. And Peter was a, was a great student of, of observing Rick, you know, so I'm sure yeah. he had a lot to offer in that regard in terms of, of helping you capture that performance, which has to be nuanced because we 
as an audience are looking for the tells that identify you as Rick. Well, you as Jack in that case. The, the remember the you know, shut up. Yes. The, those kinds of gestures yes. and just like hello, you know, this is crazy. Um, yes. Tell us about exploring that that process. Well, first well, of all, I, how'd you I, get? Did you did yeah. you just audition for the role? Take us back. Did was, oh, sure. was it a regular yeah. audition or? Um, yeah, I, it was a regular audition, and I again I had not seen an episode okay. um, going into the audition, so I just you know took the material and you know uh, broke it down and and I basically prepared as you would for any other audition and just kind of like you know played the character as truthfully as as i knew how now keep in mind too like this is back before like youtube or what like there was not necessarily an easy way to access you know shows you didn't already watch you know we didn't have any of what we have now there would be no excuse if you had if the audition came in now and it's like you're playing a clone of an established character like they would expect you to watch you know a dozen episodes before even coming into the audition that expectation wasn't necessarily there. Um, so they cast me based on the audition. And then once I went up to, to Canada, you know, they, they were nice enough to fly me up. Um, I lost your audio. You okay? Sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Continue. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, this technology. I don't like this technology. <laughs> I really, I want to, I want to go back. I so want to go back to an analog world. I, I was so much better with that then. Now I can't hear you. Why can't I hear you? Uh-oh. Oh. oh, I don't want, I don't want this. I don't want this. It's okay. This, this is going so well. It's okay. You're good. <laughs> okay. Um, make sure I'm transmitting. All right. Let me reset my Bluetooth. <laughs> Put on do not disturb too. Right. Clip this, by the way. <laughs> We're this, live, this Mike. want to see. <laughs> All right, the power's back on. Testing one, two, yes. three. Are we connected? Can you hear me now? All right, Bluetooth's coming off. We're we're going right okay. to the phone. Can you hear me? Okay? okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's good enough. All yes, right. it is. So <laughs> they flew you up. Yes. Sorry. Um. They flew me up and, uh, and gave me a bunch of episodes to watch. Um, and again, like they, they flew me up early so I could sort of study it beforehand, which is not, you know, which is like not common. Like a production isn't looking to spend more money than they have to spend generally. <laughs> like, they, you know, usually if you're, especially if you're a guest star, like they'll just fly up the day before you start filming. Um, but, uh, I'm sure that's something that, that Peter fought for. Oh, and I, I just, as a quick side note, uh, so Peter Deloise, who directed that one, he was instrumental in finding the character as I did it. Like, like all those moments you're talking about, like th those were very specifically planted, um, deliberately planted by him. So if you if you were a fan of that performance in any way, he is, I would say, as if not more responsible um, than than me, even frankly, like I ultimately I have to execute the game plan. But. He was the one who was able to kind of draw up the X's and O's and um, and really shape it in a way uh, that that I think ended up working pretty well. Um, so, yeah. And I just I just watched the tapes. It was just VHS tapes. at the right. time, And I just watched them over and over again. And um, 
They I were mean, good enough not to like, just give you, know, you a... From... Can you hear me okay? Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. No, please. No, that's okay. Uh, working from the, you know, the macro down to the micro. So I'd, I'd, you know, you have to understand kind of the essence of the character um, in a uh, in, in a larger way and then really get down to those minute details. Um, so I would just watch and he would do a line and then I would do it the same way that he did. It. I mean, honestly, I was I was literally just like, you know, copying sort of word for word, uh, physical trait, you know, I, everything that I could do within the course of those like three, four days in prep. Um, and then eventually, and then once we got onto set, we just, we just shaped it, you know, and I got, I got sort of more and more comfortable as we went along, but it was a very collaborative, like moment to moment, uh, shaping process. Wow. So when you say they flew you up, you're saying they flew you up early specifically for days for you to prepare yourself for the character. That is correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Under a different circumstance. Um, I, I, I probably got an extra four days than one would normally get, uh, for something like that. Wow. And not only did you get to prep for Jack, but they went out of their way to give you background detail, story info, episodes on the Asgard. You told me years ago that they sent you Revelations, which was like the, the big Asgard episode before before the one that you had. So you weren't just walking in to seeing, you know, a, a, a three feet tall puppet. You know, you had backstory to be able to, you know, interact with this thing on a more, you know, appropriate level. Correct. Yeah. Um, they, no, it, they were, it was very smartly done, honestly, like the way that they did it, because, um, yeah, I mean, it, it and it, it, if you think about it, like, it's important for me, uh, you know, I, since I have the full knowledge of this character, um, for me, the actor to kind of understand some of these things, at least in a, in a very basic way, uh, coming into it. So, Wow. Yeah, they did. They they gave me they they gave me the the episodes that they thought were most relevant to um, understand the story that I was going into for this episode. Got it. Wow. I'm curious, Mike. The the obviously your body of work has uh, increased since you know this was uh, in your you know in 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 your front and center. I'm curious as to the quality of this production in terms of its moving parts, in terms of its execution, compared to a lot of the other things that you have done, where does Stargate fall in terms of uh, the quality of the, the and professionalism of the people who put it together, the 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 consideration of, of the players on set and your director, you know, is it is it near the top? Is it near the bottom? You know, where uh, where does where does Stargate fit in your in your pantheon of, of looking back in your body of work? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I, so TV is a very, like, it's very fast. Um, they have, I mean, if you think about it, like, so a typical show is, is an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So two episodes are essentially the equivalent of a movie. If a movie is two hours, I mean, I'm speaking in very general terms here. Um, and one episode of TV is generally shot in eight days. So if you think about, your favorite movie and you go, okay, now they had to shoot that in 16 days. So, you know, um, there's not a whole lot of time for, uh, <laughs> for, for, for nonsense. You gotta, you yeah. know, and especially as a guest star, like your job is just to kind of show up, do your job and like, don't, you know, um, don't slow things down. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, yeah, so, don't cost money. Don't cost money. That's right. So, you know, um, 
so what I appreciated about this experience, especially looking looking back at it, is um, the 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 care that they took um, with not only with with my performance, but you know with with all the the details that make that show what it is. Um, th- th- there was a real sense that I got of the of the responsibility of being like good uh shepherds good good caretakers of this thing um that you know that 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 for for the fan base specifically mm-hmm. it's it's almost you know it's like i i i had an opportunity to um go to a table read for the simpsons once you know and i sort of oh, wow. got that same kind of feeling of like we know that we have this 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 golden egg in our hands uh and we and and there there's like a responsibility in that that they feel that you don't quite frankly, you don't get that sense on most of these shows that you go on, especially if it's like a procedural or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like that there tends to be this, this thing where you end up kind of doing things by, by rote, mm-hmm. but, um, but from the top to the bottom, um, from the, 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 you know, creators, producers, writers, director down to the cast and crew, there was a sense of kind of the the specialness of this thing and a, and a sense of the responsibility to uh, to take care of it properly. Um, now, it, you're still working under the constraints of television, but they were always very deliberate about making sure they got all those those very important details right that frankly made Stargate what it was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's not something that's that's trivial. I mean, you are coming in to replace the lead for essentially an hour of a project that's been running six seasons before you. I mean, that's practically unheard of for the show. They would go on to do three more. That's unheard of. You know, in three years, they produced 120 hours of television. No one does that. Certainly not now. Um, And it's, it's, it has to be uh, a well-oiled machine to be able to, to pull that off everyone's got to be able to pull together but also have a good time and peter is notorious for having a good time yes that's that's right and it's that that's the balancing act that i'm talking about um you know and and that's that's kind of when creativity works at its best too that that sort of perfect balance between work and play um i i i've heard uh just through whatever sources you hear things while when you're in entertainment that um, Anthony Hopkins, in his scripts, if you go through them, it's like there'll be little doodles in there. It's like there'll be, you know, so there'll be like, and they'll be full because, you know, he'll read a script a hundred times or whatever it is. And it's and it's just like, and half of it is just, you know, is obviously like the, the character work or the story work or whatever, all that technical stuff. And then the other half is just like little drawings and little like, little jokes here on the side, little fun expressions. So I think there's, it, it's, it's a very like, um, yeah, I, 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 my, my point being that it's, I, I think like creativity tends to work at its best when, when there's sort of that perfect balance. And I don't mm-hmm. think anybody pulled that off better than Stargate. Have you been in, in um, situations uh, on other projects where you had to, to cram to make your day uncomfortably so? Like it was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been on whole productions uh, that <laughs> it's every moment feels like that. 
Um, and it, it, yeah, it creates a different kind of energy. Now you still have to be professional and you still have to do your job. And that's a different sort of skill set that you, that you learn, uh, over the years. You know, I remember Jim Carrey years ago on inside the actor studio talked about how like, you know, um, uh, being in an acting class is great, but really what would be more realistic is if in the middle of your scene while you're in class, um, that all the students just started throwing tennis balls at your head and you had to figure out. Uh, how to still give the same performance because that's more than like the the reality of what acting actually is is figuring out how to you know sort of work through um, all of the things that aren't necessarily lined up uh, to be totally conducive to giving your best performance and still managing to give a good performance. Um, luckily, Stargate was not that experience, and I think because they they you know listen in fairness, you're right. I mean the lift was sort of so heavy not just for me, but for the whole show to kind of make that work, that it, it, it wouldn't have served anybody um, to add additional complications to that process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, they, they kind of, um, so we got a little bit more leeway uh, than perhaps one normally would as a guest star on a, on a typical show. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, th- with with a little bit of extra time to finesse and you know uh, That's right. get your performance figured out before you go in there, you know you can you can have a great time. So t- do you do you have any memories of Amanda, uh, Michael, Chris, Don S. Davis, um, who we, who we lost a few years ago, um, hmm. or being rigged up in that 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 suspension um, for the uh, for that that piece of Asgard technology that had you floating? Did any any um, any moments from the set that you recall? I know this is this is really pushing way back there, but if there's anything that stands out, no, that's quite all right. I mean, so more generally, what I can remember is that Amanda um, was, honest to God, uh, as sweet and supportive and lovely and wonderful as 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 one can be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, you know, she. And this is going to sound like I don't know how it's going to sound, yeah, but. Um, I remember like, you know, there were a few days where she like invited me uh, into her trailer to have lunch with her. Now, I know that that doesn't seem like a big deal or whatever, but, you know, yeah, keep in mind, like, again, when you're working in a a long term way, you know, nine, 10 months out of the year, you know, sometimes up to 16 hours a day. And it's just the nature of TV. It's just how it is. Um, You know, that I'll tell you from, from my from my standpoint, when I'm like the lead in something, you know. Lunch is kind of your, that tends to be kind of your sacred time to just sort of like be by yourself and recharge and re-energize and whatever. And she just like, and I'm, and, and who am I? I'm, 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 I'm not going to be here next week. And she still like made the effort to like make me feel as, as welcomed and kind of at home as possible. Um, and so I, I like, you know, I always try to point out when people sort of like, you know, do things that are nice for no other reason other than to just be nice there's nothing to gain out of that other than just being a good person so she's she's a good person and <laughs> i just want absolutely. people to know that absolutely um, no she's great yeah um christopher i remember being uh <laughs> frankly kind of a ball buster <laughs> but in a way that was oh like God. fun and like not nothing nothing harmful um you know yeah he and michael were really funny together uh, uh the two of them uh you know, I, 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 the only sort of specific, see, that's, this is the problem. The only specific things I remember, I can't even say, 
that sounds right for Christopher Judge. You know, he was if for that for him being on that set. If he wasn't going to have a good time, if he wasn't going to have the ability to have a good time, he didn't want to be there. And that was a tone that Rick and Michael Greenberg set. That's right. We're going to come in. We're going to work hard. We're going to work our asses off. And we are going to have we, but we are going to have fun. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. Not worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. I remember you telling me a story of um, about wanting to make sure that you got some close-ups and they're like we're in season seven now we're giving these shots away do you remember that that's right right. yeah yeah no that's that's true i i uh right um yeah i I just i made some sort of stupid joke about how like i was like all right come on now guys don't be stealing no scenes for me and they were like we're not stealing no no we're we're giving scenes away (laughs) so yeah it was just stuff like that i mean that's 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 the kind of atmosphere that 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 show was you and I had talked about um, Joan of Arcadia and how much uh, mm. how much we missed it, and you know the 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 great as great as it was for two seasons. You know it had a potential to be so much more. Um, you, then you went along to Twilight, which I had not seen until um, last night. I watched the uh-huh. first one. Okay, and it was it was one of those things where you know I've always like. Suppose that at some point I would get around to see it. And so in talking with you, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll watch it. And, uh, huh. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea, sure. but I get why it's such a, gl- I mean, it's a lot of pining. You're pining for her. She's pining for him. The other him is pining for her. Um, That's right. But I get why it's such a global phenomenon. Yeah. You know, I get why people are drawn to it so much because they need that kind of connection. And there's this uh, this this subtext of of Beauty and the Beast that runs through mm. the thing, at least in, th- sure. in terms of the Act One about the beauty taming the beast. Uh, okay. What what an adventure that had to have been for you. Yeah, that was that was wild. I mean, I, again, um, looking at it in a more sort of lofty way I, I i think you're absolutely right i think there's 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 beauty in the beast there's kind of a a romeo and juliet mm. uh quality there you know to me the thing that like the the real um the real sort of visceral driving force behind it is that you know that the idea of like that that first love at like 17 yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> is is it's is so it's such an intense and unique experience and the idea of like expanding that out to forever, <laughs> uh, you know, to me, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I can, I can see like totally understand how people are, are so drawn to this. And then of course it, you know, there, it, there's, there's more to it than that, but yeah, I think at its, at its core, um, there's, there's real elements there that, um, that makes sense why it, why it got so popular. Um, and you know, yeah, it was it was a totally wild experience. Again, you know, I similarly to how I explained going into Stargate, I I didn't really. I mean, it's not that I didn't have a sense. We knew the books were popular going into those movies, um, but at the same time, it was also just a bunch of kids, you know, trying to make a movie. I mean, I, I remember, you know, specifically like as an example, um, one of the things that I did in the film 
it's it's probably my most like <laughs> the thing that if I died tomorrow, I the, my mark on American cinematic history uh, is taking my wet hat off and shaking it over Kristen Stewart's head and asking her how she likes the rain because she's from Arizona where they don't have rain. Um, now, to be honest, I probably, you know, again, th this is like we were all. My point is, like, I probably wouldn't have the balls to do that now with Kristen Stewart being who she is and me, you know what I mean? Like, you don't just like, and I, it didn't even really occur to me like, Hmm, maybe it's not like the coolest thing that I'm like getting the star of this movie, like wet just for this one moment for me to have. That's kind of, this wasn't scripted. Not, not that part. I, the, oh, the, wow. Yeah. The, I mean the, the, the line was there. Oh, but the gesture, <laughs> yeah. I see. The, yeah, me taking and like making the hat wet and like getting her wet. Like that wasn't in the script. And Catherine Hardwick's a maniac, so she just let me do whatever I wanted. <laughs> um, so, and I say that in the most loving way possible. I loved working with her. Um, so, so again, it was a, it's, it's, it's a similar sort of thing where it's like, you know, it's, it's like, man, there's a lesson in this, which is like the, the more you can sort of get to the the purity of just creating the work mm -hmm. and kind of separate yourself from all these other elements um the more just the more fun it is and the more sort of freeing it is uh and the more you can actually i, I think frankly create something that 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 people can connect to you know um i think that something that frankly like i'm not a huge avengers guy per, it's just not my thing but i think that something that those actors do really well is you know they're all like the biggest movie stars in the world in the biggest movie franchise in the world and yet somehow it still just kind of looks like they're they're just in a room creating something like they have that's what makes the movie stars is they have the ability to, to just strip all that other stuff away and just like do the work and like find the joy in it mm -hmm. and not be thinking about like oh this i have to do this scene a certain way because this is going to end up in the poster or whatever you know what i mean like right so yeah, so that so the all of this to say, like the the first Twilight, yeah, it was a very fun experience, um, and things would happen, like I mean the 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 first sense that I got that it was going to be as big as it was is like this is you know when we after our first day of filming we shot at a high school, and there was like this was right around the time when everyone started filming everything and putting it on on the internet, um, this was like we were right at the cusp of that, iPhone and then era. like that night, on YouTube there was like whatever it was a hundred thousand views or whatever on this video on this grainy video of like us looking like dots uh just sort of walking around a high school and i was like oh wow like this so the appetite for this thing is is powerful enough yeah. that people will just absorb anything that's put out there um that's when i was like okay this <laughs> this might actually like be something there um so yeah pretty wild man it just it just it just took the whole world by storm i know um uh uh Bill Condon, uh, his, his partner and I uh, worked on a, another project, a Stargate-related project, uh, together for a while, and he was just crazy about it. I mean, he just he just mm. absolutely loved the content. So um, there is there is something there, and a lot of it, you know, uh, as long as you're you're hanging it on Joseph Campbell's bullet points, you know, his 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 hero's journey structure, a lot of it runs itself. Yeah. You know? So a hundred percent. And the author really got that. So yeah, that, and that, and right. And that's, that's, what's great about, you know, 
being a creator now is like there's there's just there's so much there's such a rich history of of good storytelling at this mm-hmm. point um you know you don't necessarily have to to reinvent the wheel like these structures Correct. these structures work <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they exist in us so yes from campfire yeah. to to youtube channel occasionally breaking so <laughs> those campfires didn't do that um <laughs> is there a uh a role that you can tell me about uh, that pushed you in ways that you didn't anticipate or ways that you did anticipate, but it was still not what you um, expected. Hmm. Did that make sense? It did. Oh, hello, kitty. Hello, kitty. Oh, hi. (laughs) um man you had you asked some great questions and i love your i love your 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 curious brain (laughs) thank Um, you (laughs) yes sir uh yeah so i i know it's not an easy thing to ask you know just oh well this one thing this one time but uh because it's a it's a very emotionally um relevant question um yeah I, I think it, th- this is not the sexiest answer. <laughs> no, it's okay. But the things that I have um, found the most challenging in the process of production are are usually technical things. Okay. And what I mean by because I I've always had a very sort of good sense of um, yeah, I don't even know how to explain this of of separating the uh, the character from my myself um meaning like i if if whatever problems the character is going through i don't take that home i'm not i'm not one of those actors i just in fact it's that wouldn't work for me i i need my decompression time (laughs) um and and it's great because i can like then because i have this sort of very um strong um divide between the like a good just a good sense uh, a good understanding of this the separation of like my life and my work um i'm able to dive into my work uh head first uh without a safety net and not have to worry that it's going to like affect my life so i can i can go as dark as i want to go or as whatever it doesn't there's no limit to where i would take myself um because i know that ultimately it's not going to like negatively affect my life um so so in that sense, I, I can't say that anything has taken me anywhere emotionally that I wasn't prepared to go. Okay. Um, I think the things that that are challenging is like, you know, you as you work your way up in the industry, it's like, OK, so for a while, I'm just sort of doing, you know, guest spots. And that's a very specific thing. And then I I remember like my my first time being a lead in a film mm-hmm. and just understand just figuring out exactly what that means as I as I'm doing it. Um and I remember the first time I like cried on camera and, sh- you know, there's just, just like certain mm-hmm. things where you go like, I'm in the moment and I go, okay, I know what I need to do to like cry right now. And it just like clicked in that moment. And it's like, okay, now I know how to do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like, um, you know, that I, a few years ago, I was in a, a horror film and working with these amazing horror actors and just getting to watch them uh, is a movie called The Final Wish. So like Tony Todd was in it and Lynn Shea and, okay. and um, Candyman. Uh, 
uh, Doug, is it Doug Jones? Shoot. Yes. One of the Dougs that does all the, all the monsters. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like in Pan's Labyrinth and everything. He's, I've heard he's brilliant. Yeah. It may not be Doug. It wasn't the guy who was in uh, the way to water. It's like the other. Oh, okay. The other Doug. Okay. There's another Doug and he's great. And I'm so sorry. I, I feel terrible. I'm not remembering his last name, but like, so, but my point is like to watch him and go like, Oh, there's like a horror movie thing that these guys have like clicked into and, 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 and can access. Um, that's cool. Let me learn from them. And now I, I have that in my tool belt. So it's really just, mm-hmm. you know, acting is like, it's as big <laughs> and complicated and simple as life itself. It's a reflection of life. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the, the difference is, 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 is frankly just the technical element mm-hmm. of it. Like how do you actually express these things to make it look like it's someone that's just naturally living their life. Because <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's an inherently it's an inherently unnatural thing, right? It, yeah. It's a law of nature that when someone knows they're being observed, it changes their behavior. Not yeah. just a person. like it, that's it, any, Anything that's alive, that's aware it's being observed, its behavior automatically changes. So how do you, you can't reverse that. So that's why you have to learn technique and, um, and different technical aspects of it so that you can look like someone you can pretend that you're not being observed when you know you are mm-hmm. <laughs> um so those are the things that i found that that are are like challenging but in a good way that that continue to help uh facilitate your growth over the years but yeah i'm not someone who, that's ever had an issue uh with not being able to go to certain places emotionally because of how it would affect my personal life i just that's just not how i'm built so you, you've got a healthy partition um i th- i think that it sounds like from that kind of perspective, if I were in your place, I would be interested in doing as many genres as possible. So mm-hmm. as to like facilitate like a kaleidoscope, a, a Rolodex of, of, um, of technique, you know? Yeah. That would be something. Yeah. And it's even more than that. Cause it's, it, you're right. It's, it's genres, it's mediums and understanding mm-hmm. the distinction between like film, television, theater, voiceover. It's, um, you know, it's it's like co-star versus guest star mm-hmm. versus lead versus you know what I mean. Like there's 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 so many all, all of these things are ultimately like a a a cog in the wheel of telling good stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I've and I'm also lucky in that sense in terms of my perspective, where like of course there's ego in it, but ultimately I just want to tell good stories and I just want to you know be a part of that process and obviously the better I am, um, the more it like will contribute to telling a good story. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe the effect is the same, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I, I, I'm just not someone that, um, has, has ever, I, am not, I'm not in it for career advancement. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just want to like, you want to take part, I want to tell good stories and do my part to, and, 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 you know, and ultimately like, ultimately just entertain. I mean, that's, that's really what it's, what it's all about. But to answer your question, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent, um, that is, that is what I like to do. And it's, and, and in a sense, it's what I've been, um, lucky enough to do. I've, 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 I've had a wide range of different sort of things that I've worked on, frankly, probably to the detriment of my career, because what happens a lot is that people will go, Oh, I know you, but I don't know how I know you. Right. Or like, oh wait, you were in that. Oh, that's you too. Oh wait, I've seen all six of these things and never made the connection that that was all you. <laughs> so that's not generally how movie stars operate. Usually, it's like, oh yeah, Tom. H- of course, that's Tom Hanks, and he's Tom Hanks, and everything. He and I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying. I'm. I'm 
I'm praising that. <laughs> I'm saying I'm doing it wrong. Um, but that's just how that's, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have enough, like, I don't know. The personal ambition is secondary to being a, a servant of whatever it is that I'm, uh, that people are nice enough to let me be a part of. I have a confession uh, on that line. I, uh, have been anticipating Quantum Leap since I heard it uh, was announced. I'm a huge Quantum Leap fan. Um, cool. <clears throat> and uh, I'm watching the pilot. Martin Garrow is a, is a friend of mine. Uh, and I, 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 I'm watching uh, the pilot. And I'm getting about 10 minutes into it. And it's like, oh, my God, it's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's like, was it the beard? I don't know. It's, I didn't recognize you at yeah. all. Were you familiar? Um, how familiar were you with Quantum Leap before before doing the new pilot? Uh, I mean, familiar enough. I, I had I actually uh, have an older brother that was an actor okay. years and years and years ago, and he was on the original Quantum Leap. He, I did not know he that. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was in an episode. Um, so I, I had seen the original. Okay. Um, I loved it. I mean, I, 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 who doesn't love quantum leap? I mean, it's so, it's so cool. Um, <clears throat> conceptually and otherwise, but, uh, yeah, I, no. And, and to that end, I mean, even sorry to take it back to the same place, but even yeah. for that part, it was like, you know, I kind of de- had decided with really just the hair and makeup people like, Hey, so let's not, yeah, let's usually kind of like, um, my face tends to look better when like this is, is less than this, but I said, nah, it's good. Leave it all. Let's leave it scraggly. Let's, Mm -hmm. I had like kind of, you know, the dark circles under my eyes. I was like, leave them. Don't cover that up with makeup. Like it's good. Like I just, well, based on the story, it makes sense. That's right. I mean, that's the the thing that excites me is not like, what's going to make me look good. It's like, what, what, how can, like, how can I contribute to this story? It's just, that's, that's what, that's what like gets me revved up about, about working um more than anything else but yeah so um i'm sorry i don't remember your question yeah working <laughs> yes, on working on the like pilot it. you know yeah yeah it was great i mean that was a it was very it was very tricky in a few ways because um first of all it was the first episode so i had no mm-hmm. i had no reference um to look at which is always difficult in fact i've had several friends who have auditions uh for the show now that have reached out and been like oh hey i watched the episode uh, I watched the first episode for reference and I saw that you were in it. So, you right. Know. Exactly. Um, so it's tricky when you kind of don't know what a show is right. uh, going into it. And that part was, was, was tricky in the sense that like it was, it, it, it had to be just kind of a perfect balance between someone that was like, just, it, he had to be like likable enough that um, uh, the audience would be on his side this whole time, but also like he had to kind of be hard enough that he would be a believable criminal. Um, so then it's like, but then of course, as an actor, you can't like play that you still, you have to take all that information and then, and then just somehow ultimately create a believable character. So mm-hmm. it was, and the show is just, it's very, again, very technical. It's very like, you know, there's a lot of, there's like holograms and, and there's a lot going on, so you have mm-hmm. to they're very. And it's a period precise. piece. It's right, absolutely. It's it's very precise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it was a it was a challenge. I mean, I'll I'll be totally real, but I I again, you know, luckily the uh, 
uh, the actor. I mean, ra- pretty much all my scenes are with uh, Raymond Lee, who's, I mean, he's the best. He's a fabulous mm-hmm. actor. So that always helps um, when you're when you're working with someone that is is that good. You, it just it gives you something to bounce off of, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the the one thing in retrospect, I I wish I had a better sense of the pacing of the show. Um, and if I'm if I'm to be self critical at all, uh, the performance does feel a little choppy because it they had to kind of chop it up in the editing room. And I wish if I if I had had a, a better sense of that, I could have, you know, put the pace into the performance so that they didn't have to chop it up in the editing room. If that makes sense, I don't know if that's something that that anyone would even notice or care. Um, but uh, yeah, so that th- those were the challenges with that. Other than that awesome cast and crew. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say I hadn't, I, I actually hadn't worked in, in a minute up to that point. I think mm-hmm. it had been a good, like six or seven months or something, which is not atypical, uh, in, in an acting life. And, um, uh, the crew, it was like, I mean, it was super like they, they, everyone was like in their twenties mm-hmm. and it was like if every like race and whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was a real sort of like, um, it was just really cool. It was a really high energy, um, production so yeah it was really cool to to be a part of the first episode one of the things i'm interested to see if if you think that you agree with this uh uh this criticism or not especially with a lot of genre network television is the velocity Mm -hmm. in which it moves you you put uh the the original quantum leap pilot up against this one this one moves four times fast absolutely Um, it has so many ideas and part of it is designed to keep you invested in it because that's, I think, part of it's just our culture now. Um, but the the other part of it is, it has a lot to say. Uh, and one of my, I one of my frustrations uh, with with a lot of programming now is the fever pitch at which it's presented. Uh, and then I'll put on an M Night Shyamalan, you know, project like his series Servant or you know Knock at the Door, which just came out, and his deliberate just slam on the brakes and that it can deliver. Uh, the same, if not better, emotional current that uh, through those slower performances and those slower shots, rather than one after the other. Yeah, it's wild. Um, do you? Uh, where am I going with that? Uh, do you? Um, do you see that happening yourself? You think that that's just one of those? You know, this is this is the generation that we're in now, and you know, we just have to move that way. That's just how it works. It's only going to get faster. I, no, I know. I, I think that is, I think that is a part of it. Um, what I hope is that there's ultimately going to be room for everything. Yeah. My, my fear is that, you know, a lot of what you're talking about, it's like, yeah, certain, you know, uh, creators that have perhaps been grandfathered in, mm-hmm. um, like you know, they're always going to let uh, David Lynch do whatever he wants, or right, you know Wes Anderson, or what mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like that, but that's but that's because you, and whether you like that stuff or not is is kind of not even the point. Like, but they they have the freedom to to still kind of experiment and and to and to um, you know I mean Quentin Tarantino, who's the, right. nobody paces things more slowly than him. Can you like is that something? Would anyone? Would anyone else, any new filmmaker, even have been permitted to make Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I don't think so. Yeah, so that's true. That's my concern. Is like, I I think it's fine. 
um, the, 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 the fast pace. I mean, listen, you have to keep audiences invested somehow and, and you have to keep us from, you know, checking our TikTok every two seconds or whatever the hell we're doing. I don't even know. I, <laughs> I'm out. Funny. I'm 35. I'm already out of it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm speaking directly into my phone speaker right now. So that gives you a sense of my, how I, how good I am with technology. So, um, <laughs> I just, I, I hope that, that we, are able to make new David Lynch's, I guess is my mm. point. I, I, I hope that there is somehow in the landscape um, room for all of it. And, and you know, maybe th- maybe these things are cyclical. Maybe mm-hmm. it comes back around. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't know. So I, I don't I wish I had a more optimistic answer for you other than to just say, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I don't I don't disagree. And ultimately, um, you know, I, I, I ultimately there's always going to be room for like good work. I mean, I, th- I don't think it's we're ever going to get to a point where people are like don't care about seeing things that are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that it doesn't like the the it doesn't continue to shrink into you know something that's like um like I'll I'll give you a quick uh, well I don't want I, I I'm, I'm it's fine. May I, I, I insert yeah. there there is a lot of programming out there. That is entertainment that I would consider artistic, and there's a lot of entertainment that I would consider content. You know, sure. like I can I can turn this on, but it's not substantive in any way. It's just content. It's it's a block of information for the the mic consumer, and then there's stuff right. over here that's like, oh, I'm actually deriving something out of this. You know, is that making yeah. sense? There's a lot of content now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. And, and uh, right. And I, and I, you know, and frankly, I've had a better sense of like the, the need for that more since having kids, you know, yeah. obviously as like a, a 15 year old, 16 year old actor without a care in the world, like I, you know, I can, right. I have the luxury to just, you know, inundate myself with cool artistic stuff uh, and not have to, you know, but, but now it's like, yeah, now that I have a sense of like what life is like for yeah. most people, <laughs> at yeah. least for a good like ten years or however however it is that that the kids are just completely all in company, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, who has the time to sit down and and like really dive into something that's going to be thought provoking or you know emotionally moving? It's like I, I I'm too exhausted, man. I, I got an, <laughs> I got an hour before bed. You know, let's put on some dumb reality show and move on with right her. exactly and, you know, I, right like, I, there's nothing you know, wrong so, with it um the honestly the way that i'm like watching movies now is like basically a half an hour at a time uh <laughs> on my on my peloton in the morning you know on the days that i feel like waking up before the kids do um <laughs> it just took me about two weeks to get through promising young woman so <laughs> you know like, this is so i get it i get it i mean it's not everything um you know i I mentioned David Lynch probably three times. I am in no headspace to watch nothing by David Lynch uh, right right now until I can get some until I can get some sleep and have some <laughs> have some time to myself. So you know, uh, it does it, it does make sense. I, I, I again, I just go back to ultimately. I hope there's room for all of it, mm. and ultimately, I think there there is. You know, before I get to fan questions, sure, uh, tell me about Michael Welsh, the dad. What has Michael Welsh the dad learned about Michael Welsh the person? What have what what have you what have you taken away? How have you how have you changed? Man, um, 
Well, uh, it, it's certainly there's there's a couple of things that I think are are interesting, kind of right out of the gate. Um, number one, it it doesn't like fundamentally change who you are. I think there's this I think there's this 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 sort of romantic sense, like oh, once the kid's out and you you know you look you look them in the eyes for the first time and it's just like you you just change. It's like no, you're still the same person. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I also thought it was interesting how like how much of, of, of individuals they they were right out of the gate. It was just like, oh, no, you're kind of like in a sense, I don't want to say fully formed, but like you have your personality, you have your interests, you have like the, your strengths and weaknesses. Like you're like your own person. The ego <laughs> like, is in full swing. Yeah, right. And it's not. And so I kind of learned that right out of the gate, too. It's like, oh, my job is not to, like, try to shape this person or, or tell tell her how to live her life or whatever. It's like, no, I'm I'm a I'm a shepherd here. I'm mm. you know, my job is just to to support and love and try to, you know, give her some tools or some insights that I've managed to pick up along the way mm. um, that I think can be helpful. Uh, but but no, like this is these this this is not this child doesn't belong to me <laughs> you know it's my child and i i would i would die for my kids of course um and i also you know another in interesting observation i had is like after the first one comes out i have two i have two of these things um <laughs> you like you think one and so think much. two <laughs> exactly we got those shirts um <laughs> you know it's like you you love them so much. It's like, it, it's almost, it feels inconceivable that you could love anything that much. Mm. And then, so it's, and then the next one comes out and it's like, it's almost like a different branch from the same mm -hmm. tree. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like you have this sort of finite amount of love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then once that you have more of them, you have to split it up. It's like, Oh no, there's like an, an infinite like river going this way. Mm -hmm. And now there's a second one that's now going this way. Like you've discovered it's, one. It's, Another one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how do you expand on infinity? Well, you just make another infinity over mm -hmm. here. I, it's, it's wild. It's it, again, it's very hard to explain. Um, so as far as how I am as a dad, I mean, you know, I think I'm I think I'm doing OK. I'm, I'm doing my best. I, I'm I'm attentive. I Listen, it, the, the, the other thing that definitely changes is like and I know I'm long winded and I go on forever. And, and dude, I, you're I doing great. It's just how my brain works. Don't. You're great. Thank you. Um, you know, I like see, and now because I criticized myself, I forgot my damn point. <laughs> let me let me re let me reframe it with this. Please do. Um, you uh, have have you had any conversations with your folks about? Okay, I get it now. Oh sure. Yeah. Yes. No, there there is there is a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, especially um, uh, yeah, especially with my with my mom um. And it's like, it's like, man, yeah, because like you, it's like, no, don't you understand? Like my whole, like, I'm responsible for your growth and development. So I'm not like, I'm not just telling you to do things because I'm a jerk. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm like you, I have, you have to know you, I, I, I need you to like, understand I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to help you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and I know that you're your own person and everything, but you know. I do have a, a little bit of a better sense of like mm -hmm. 
certain things. I've just been around longer. Um, so I, I wish you would trust me maybe just a little more on on a couple of these things. It's it's going to help you down the road, I, I, you know, but it's hard to it's hard to impart that perspective on a, on a small child. The, one of the things I was saying is like uh, it's uh, another switch that happens is that you like suddenly everything you do is like for the kid. Um, and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, that's how my mom was, you know, it's just like, um, and sometimes you can, you know, maybe I understand why people sort of have like identity crisis or whatever, mm-hmm. where we're suddenly trying to find out, well, who, who am I now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think part of what's been helpful for that for me is just understanding like, she is still her own person. The both of them are. I'm still my own person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I, I choose to dedicate my life to, to, you know, making sure that you have every opportunity uh, mm-hmm. you can have to pursue your happiness any way that you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it's, it's being able to separate, like, again, what we do from who we are, I guess. Are you going to be neutral uh, when it comes to the... Uh... The, the possibility of entering into your industry? Are you going to be proactive? Are you going to be pushing against it? Have you, have you decided mm-hmm. yet? Good question. Um, no, I'll be supportive in, in whatever they, in whatever either one of them want to do. I'm not, I'm not getting that sense from okay. either one of them. And I know that they're, you know, they're two and five. A yep. lot can change. Oh yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> I can tell you that that people that kind of have the bug, it it comes, it tends to come pretty early. You know what I mean? Like even for me, I mean, watching old, like, you know, I mean, from the time I'm three years old, I'm performing on any, uh, any home video that, that is there, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, whether it's just like seeing, you know, just reciting the latest commercial I saw or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I, I, my gut is telling me that's probably not going to be the route that they go. Mm. But ultimately, I'm never going to – I would never hold them back if mm. that's what they feel like they need to pursue. Good for you. That's great, man. Yeah. Are we – Are we? do we have you for a few more minutes? Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling, man. <laughs> okay. Raj Luthra and Marina Q want to know um, – I, I think this is probably an obvious question, so we might as well get it there. Uh, the M- MGM and, and Amazon uh, are, are developing something Stargate-related. Um, would you, would you be down for a return, um, either as the character as, or as something new? Is that, is that something you'd be willing to pursue? Oh God, would I be down? Of course. I mean, what, what are you kidding? <laughs> no, I, it would be amazing. Um, I, I think it'd be super fun to come back, um, as Jack, as older Jack now. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know that that's like, I, I don't know what their, what their plans are. I don't know that that would be necessarily, mm. you know, first on the agenda, um, I can tell you, I think we talked about this back then too. Like there, there were talks about me coming back at the time. Um, you know, in fact, I had a conversation with Peter over the phone and yes. he was telling me kind of the whole, a whole story about how for some reason or another, they needed Jack's expertise. Um, so it, it, it sounded really fun because in that particular case, I was essentially going to be coming back and like running a mission of some kind. Um, but as you know, I, I was on Joan of Arcadia, like immediately after that episode of Stargate. Uh, and that pretty much occupied uh, my time for about two years. And then it just kind of never, you know, it, nothing ever materialized from that. Um, so 100% I would do it. I do have, I've never told this 
I don't think to anyone <laughs> other than the people who already know. But I literally just I just thought of it and I thought it might be interesting um, to share. Uh, so I had an opportunity to uh, test, do a screen test for Atlantis. Um, and this was it was like right after I think the first Twilight movie had just come out. And it was made clear to me, like, essentially, I would have only been able to do one or the other. Um, and I and I made a choice and I said, you know what? I kind of want to see where this Twilight thing goes. Um, so I don't know if that was the right decision, um, but, you know, I guess it's a good it's a good problem to have. It's like, you know, and, and who knows if I even would have gotten the part. I may not have, but I didn't want to like waste anyone's time. I didn't want if I was I didn't want to go in if I wasn't going to if I wasn't committed to doing it. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of factors it's like, OK, well, we're going to be moving to Canada and this, you know, which is fine. I love Canada. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of went like. I, I've I've always been someone that's like I, I'm just I'm I'm loyal to a fault <laughs> and I and I I just I don't know I was in the middle of this thing after that first Twilight movie came out I mean it was like it, it, it there was not I it was insane it just took over the, the culture and I just I just thought I, it just feels really stupid to me to like leave this in the middle of it this is going to go on for another like four or five movies and I don't know what it's going to yeah. lead to and blah 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 now Atlantis ended up running for like. 10 years and i i mean you know who know but listen ultimately it's like if i had ended up being on that i frankly the way life would have worked out i probably never would have met my wife and right, have the kids yeah. that i have now and life would just be different but um but yeah that was like a kind of a big decision um that i had to make at a at, at kind of a pivotal moment in my career you know uh honestly it, if I had to like, you know, do it again or whatever, or was faced with a similar sort of choice now, 100%, of, of course you, you go in, I mean, you like you, you go be on the TV show. Um, and especially something like that, where you, there's a built in audience and you sort of know, it's not like you're going to go do a pilot and you don't even know if it's ever going to make it on the air. Like there's a good chance if the Stargate, Stargate series is being developed, like it's going to do well. <laughs> um, right. But so anyway, this wasn't just too a little, long just a after just for just for your audience. <laughs> so this this wasn't too long after your fragile balance appearance then. Because because it was later that year that Atlantis uh the, the following season that Atlantis premiered. So was this the Atlantis pilot or was this a subsequent Atlantis season? Oh, that's interesting because the timing as I remember it was uh, oh maybe it wasn't Atlantis. Was then. it maybe Universe? It was, it, was there in 2009? What's that? Was it Universe 2009? It must have been. Yeah, wow. that's it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. No, My bad. It's, no it's all right. Wow, that's crazy. So as a yeah. new role. I get yeah, I didn't I didn't see the show, so I don't know okay. what but it was for a it was for a regular. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. I bet you were up for Matthew Scott. I suspect that that's probably what it was. So there was a there was a young uh, upstart first lieutenant uh on the show that uh, that fits your age and description pretty well. So I wouldn't be surprised. Just, that would have been wild. Feel, wow. I can feel your your audience right now going like like ex, like their brains are going. You picked Twilight over Stargate. What is That's, wrong with you? No, I, well, maybe but, one or two. But I mean, no, it's like that's that's a big decision to make. These are these are enormous books with an enormous fan base, and they are movies. You know, I I don't right. blame you. I don't blame you whatsoever. 
So I would have loved to see you again. But at the, at the same time, you got to do you. And as long as you can look back on, on that part of your life and go, you know what? It's uh, I had a good time, you know, and I'm as long as you're happy where you are now. Screw everyone else, man. So, hey, I that's a cool that, nugget. And listen, honestly, you know, um, quite frankly, if the if if a new Stargate series or a new Twilight series wants me to come back, I, my my phone is is, is available. <laughs> now, that would be an interesting decision. Absolutely. If suddenly I was offered both of those and then I had to choose. No, nah, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> one thing at a time. No, 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 no. <laughs> Pamela Terachek, um, when you heard that you were going to be playing Young O'Neill, did uh, MacGyver come into consideration at all? Uh, you'd seen MacGyver, hadn't you? Not up to that point, no. Oh, okay. So, okay, so you hadn't seen it as a kid. I hadn't, no. Okay. No, I, I, I'd never seen anything Richard ever did. Okay, Peace, <laughs> Peace Rider had, was under the assumption you had seen it. Um, did, do you have any Rick anecdotes from that from the, the couple of days that he was on set? Uh, yeah, so I... Uh, let me... Okay, let's think about it. So, so he's a producer, um, so he has the ability to push things around a little bit on set more than any typical actor i would i would suspect that you know there, there are video there are clips of him of them going through dialogue and, and him being like okay let's just go let's 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 just get let's get this let's get this going he was always interested in like moving it along was there ever any of that yeah well what i what i remember is like you're right like he would um he, he changed quite a bit of dialogue uh, which i mean of course <laughs> like it makes sense it's his it's his deal. <laughs> he has the ability to do that. Um, and I remember there were certain things like in our, in our big sort of scene together mm. where we're confronting the Asgard and it's like, you know, that big end of episode seven page, let's explain the episode. Right. Scene. Um, you know, there were certain, there were certain lines that like we, I think had to say at the same time. Mm. And I, I remember once I, I said like during rehearsal, I was saying what was written which is generally what you do. And then he said something different. And then he, and then he goes, yeah, but why would you say that? That doesn't make sense. And like was giving me (laughs) and and the, but not, and not, and listen, none of this, all of this is in a lighthearted way. Of course. Um, But total ball buster in terms of like, (laughs) like just, you know, um, and, and I remember even like the other actors literally were just like, don't, don't, don't listen to him. Don't worry about it. (laughs) That sounds about right. Like at the like in, in real time, not right. like later. Like as he was as he was like busting my chops, like <laughs> the other actors are going like, just don't, just don't worry about it. <laughs> don't listen to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there would be a lighthearted portion of him that's like, you know, you're playing me. I own you. <laughs> I mean, even just yeah. a sliver. It's like okay, we're going to we're going to play work on this play together. So yeah, absolutely. No, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it it was um it was wild, man. And like honestly it would I I, I don't wanna say if I had to do it again, but like that scene was sort of shot toward the end of the episode. Mm. I almost wish it was shot in the beginning. So cause I, I was noticing stuff even then. I was oh, like, Oh, that's kinda no. cool. I'd love to incorporate Ah, darn. I mean if anything like there is, you know, um I don't wanna say that my performance was like one it wasn't one note it was it was it was it was good but there are like i you know this is just the perfectionist in me saying like oh i there's there's things in retrospect i wish i could have done but like listen 
um, ultimately you, you, you do the best with what you're working with in any given moment. Um, if, if you have the model with you in, in real time, of course, it's right. going to affect your, your energy in, in a far more radical way than if you're watching him on VHS, you know, because you're, you're picking up mannerisms in real time that you can actually apply in real time. I would think it would be a, a little bit unnerving as a performer where it'd be like, you know what, this really would have been handy seven days ago. Yeah. And there is something about like, I don't want to say it shakes your confidence necessarily, right. but you know, for the first, like, you know, six, seven days shooting, it was like, I was O'Neill and I was like yeah. owning the fact that I was O'Neill. And then the real one shows up and it's like, Oh, I guess I'm not, but I still have to pretend that I am. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's almost like, I remember I had a buddy who, who played like young Austin powers um, in one of the movies. And like, <laughs> you know, and he was saying like, Mike Myers was on set the first day. I was like, dude, why would you do that to these poor young actors who, who were like, it was that, it was that sequence of, uh, you know, uh, Austin Powers and Dr. Evil, like in a dorm together. I don't know if you remember. So I haven't seen that, but I'll take your word for it. There's right. plenty, well, plenty in sure, here who have two yeah. different actors playing yeah. these, you know? Um, so yeah, you're right. It does sort of change. Like it, it, it changes the energy of it. It changes the, mm. the, the dynamic a bit, but, um, uh, but yeah, man, I, again, super fun. It was fun to watch him. It was fun to watch him, uh, work and kind of the, the way that he, owns a set he's again just mm -hmm. very like all good-hearted but very sort of like no nonsense he's kind of i think how you think he would be i mean mm -hmm. to be honest like uh, however you imagine he is in real life that's that's kind of what he is mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> yeah. nicole um rodriguez galdo uh she's a big stargate and twilight fan uh oh. she said you you were young during those uh roles what's the biggest difference you think uh, between yourself as an actor then and now, do you, are, what what qualities in yourself have have sharpened? Mm. Other than all of them, uh, between myself as an actor <laughs> then versus now, um... do you have any um, rituals that you go through before uh, before you uh, have your first day? Do you do you, do you have a, a methodology that's changed in any way or evolved in any way? Right. Yes. I mean, I, I think, and again, I don't know how, how interesting this, this stuff is to people, but I, I think I've, I've definitely gotten more, um, more deliberate, uh, in terms of my, my prep, uh, mm. you know, a lot of, um, a, a lot of like, like I remember with, with twilight and, and again, part of it was just because of like the nature of the role, um, and sort of how I felt that I fit in that in that universe and what my job was mm. but it was very kind of like i sort of purposefully didn't prepare if that makes sense okay. like i kind of i was like you know um because it, the, the the character was sort of felt very close to kind of how i was in high school in mm -hmm. some ways so I, I i i wanted it to come across as sort of with as much sort of free-flowing kind of life and whatever as as, as possible so um, I just sort of like did things to kind of tap into those energies for myself. So I ended up like, you know, instead of flying up, I sort of drove up and like kind of uh, spent a lot of time in nature and just, um, you know, and, and would, 
uh, I, I heard this is kind of in, in some ways how like Jennifer Lawrence works too, where she sort of, she kind of knows the dialogue going into a particular day on set and then, and then kind of in the makeup trailer sort of locks it down because she wants it to be sort of as spontaneous and free mm-hmm. as possible, you know? So, and so I, I, that was kind of more the approach. Mm. Um, now I don't think I could do it the same way mm. now. Now I, I, I feel like I kind of, I kind of have to dig in and, and do the work. Otherwise I, I, it feels more restricting if I, if I don't prepare enough, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Um, like I, I have to, the, like the more work I do, the more sort of free and natural ultimately I think I can feel when I'm actually performing it. I don't, um, I, I think, I think what you're, what you're telegraphing here is like a desire to be sincere, you know, but mm-hmm. not come out as a machine. Like you're not, you're, you're not an avatar dispensing dialogue, you know, it has to come from a place of sincerity. And from that, the, a, a piece of you has to be in it. So more than just your yeah. face. <laughs> right. Right. No, hundred percent. But I think that like, I, I, I kind of like, you know, if you're asking like the differences in, in my approach between then and now, I, I think it's, it's more like, you know, I, I had more of a, um, I, I, I sort of purposefully tried to create the balance of of um of of kind of what you're talking about the the free-flowing nature of it versus the Mm. the more technical elements of it and now as i've gotten older i've become more honed in the technical elements uh, of the prep work specifically so that i i can be free uh when i when i do the job it's like you know it's like in um uh in, in anything in in a in a in a basketball game or whatever, it's like you want to prepare as much as possible in terms of the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. But then ultimately when you show up, you have to react to what's, what's of happening course. in front of you. Um, but if you don't have that, like, um, I don't know what I, with, without the, without the prep underneath it, I just don't feel comfortable anymore going into to situations and trying to rely on like, you know, the spirits taking over and creating something <laughs> cool in the moment. Yeah, I they just, got this. I, I, they got this. I'll just show up. No. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not the roll out of bed actor. I'm like show up with a notebook of 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 oh, uh, <laughs> of preparation first. That's funny. Uh, last last question. Raj wanted sure. to know did did you take anything? Uh, did you get to to walk off with anything? Any souvenirs? Oh gosh, I I I wish I had the balls to be the steel stuff from set guy. I just never did. Oh, I never funny. did. Ah. Um, I'm trying to think if they gave me anything. I don't. I don't think so. Um, the only like, gosh, I don't. I don't have a lot. I still have my bloody Letterman jacket from Z Nation, which was a zombie show that I was on. Okay. They were nice enough to let me keep that because it's like, well, it's got blood on it now. They can't. I mean, we can't return this. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, right. No. No, um, it'd be a horrible cleaning <laughs> bill. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to be uh, uh, going out to L.A. Uh, later on in, in the next uh, month or two here working on a project. I'd love to 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 take you to lunch if you're willing. And I've got a couple of uh, screen use souvenirs that I'd like to give you. So, oh, man, that would be fantastic. I would love that. Yeah. No, yeah. please reach out. You have you have my email now. So Absolutely. Just reach out anytime. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. This has been um, fantastic. Uh, Mike, it's, it's been great to, you know, pick your brain this decade of, of our lives. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm eager to see what you do next. Is, is there anything on the horizon that you want to, that you want to talk about or, 
or or you know are we just focusing on being dad right at this moment no i thank you man i i appreciate that and and again i i i do apologize for the for the technical issues um i i hope it's it sounds okay and it looks okay and okay good um as long as long as you're happy Um, absolutely so um yeah so i i do have a movie um that just played at uh, South by Southwest. Uh, it's called Scrambled. Um, it's a really, really lovely uh, comedy that I, I think is a very special project. It's a, it's about a young woman um, in her early thirties who's who's decided to to freeze her eggs. Uh, so it's kind of a wow. a serious subject matter, but done in a very like fun, comedic, and relatable way. Okay. Um, and then I had another movie come out uh, earlier this year uh, called The Disappearance of Mrs. Wu. I had, a, you know, just kind of a small part in that, but that's available digitally. Uh, and then I am set to work on a film in New Mexico uh, this summer. Um, obviously, you know, uh, things can happen between now and this summer. But um, so I can't really tell you anything yeah. more than that to this point. But that's one that um, I'm very excited about if if it goes through. <laughs> so. Well- the life of an actor, you know, I think yep, we, we hear all these horror stories about um, uh, kids who are just, you know, chewed up and spit out by this system. And and to see someone, you know, go through all of what, what he's, you know, worked on and, and still have a smile on his face, you know, it's... It's it, these are good things. You've you've obviously had good people in your in your life who have kept you on the straight and narrow, so... Well, that's, that's very kind of you to say. And, uh, and uh, make no mistake, I'm completely chewed up, Uh, (laughs) but, uh, but I still, but I love, I love, I love the work, uh, ultimately. Um, and that, that the passion for the work has, has never died. Um, so man, as long as, as again, as long as people are nice enough to keep, you know, letting me be a part of stuff, I will, Mm -hmm. I will happily oblige. (laughs) Um, but man, listen, it, it's really, it's been, it's been great talking to you. It's, it's always fun to kind of, you know, dig back in, uh, to your past and re-explore some of these things. Um, so yeah, man, it's been this a has been great. Appreciate I appreciate it. you as an artist and, um, uh, uh, this is, uh, this is just, this has just been terrific. So yeah. So I'll, I'll reach out to you and in, in the next couple of months here as things get moving and check in and thank you for taking so much time to, to be on my show. It means a lot to have you. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. Anytime. Appreciate All right, you. Sir. You take care of yourself. Okay, cool. You too, man. Be well. All Michael right. Welsh, everyone. Young Jack O'Neill in uh, Stargate SG-1. He was one of the first that I uh, spoke with when I was over at um, GateWorld. Uh, and uh, it was... Uh, it His his performance is just one of those that it's like, you know, they there, there are artists that come on and, and can make the show um themselves for just one episode um and there are people who uh help push the show in ways that you don't expect so it was really it was that one episode is continually one uh that stands out to people and um fans have been asking me for a while when are you gonna get him on like okay we got him so thank you michael uh we've got a couple of things i need to show you guys before um we wrap up here i want to mention alan gowan's uh, YouTube channel. So Alan Gowan of GateCon, he has started a new uh, YouTube channel, if I can get the information correct here. And of course, 
I am not prepared because I'm me. All right. So the details that he gave me, he started a channel called Better Sci-Fi on YouTube. And he's already released uh, one episode, if I can switch over to my to my imager here. Um, and I think he's focusing on uh, Mandalorian. So go ahead and check out Alan's content over at uh, youtube.com slash better sci-fi and subscribe to him. Uh, he's been on our episodes uh, for trivia before, and we've we've had a really good time with him. And I think he's he's a great guy, and I think he's going to be a great host with this. So go ahead and give his uh, his channel a a poke and a prod. And the last thing before I let everyone go, um, I've been really impressed with uh, whoops, I've been oops, what is what is happening? Everyone's everything's screwing up all at once here. Here we go. I've been really impressed with. Uh, some of the artwork that uh, James C.D. Robbins has been uh, releasing uh, lately. This is one that he made of Jason Momoa as Ronan Dex. Uh, and he says, This one is from the Wayback Machine, Season 2 of Stargate Atlantis. We introduced a new character, Ronan Dex, played by Jason Momoa. I was tasked with designing a weapon for him, a sort of energy pistol, also a sword. And when I met him, I realized he was going to need a really big gun. He's six foot four. Here he is with his blaster, which he loved to learn to use like a Wild West gunslinger. And James C.D. Robbins was the, the production uh, designer and uh, uh, on-set on, uh, on artist for Stargate SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, and uh, Stargate Universe. So I just really wanted to share that image. Thanks so much to my team. I really appreciate uh, you guys, Tracy, Jeremy, Reese, Anthony, Summer, uh, and Linda Gategabber Fury for making the show possible. Big thank you to Frederick Marcoux at Concepts Web. Uh, he keeps our channel, our website up and running. And I think that's everything that we've got here. We have Courtney J. Stevens joining us uh, this uh, this Sunday. And go to dialthegate.com to see all of the current lineup of guests for everyone who's going to be coming as we roll out season three uh, and take a break for the summer. My thanks once again to Michael Walsh for joining me in this episode. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate, and I'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acri. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. <laughs>